Father, I will want to thank you for a privilege to get into your word. Speak by your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now stand up with me, every one of us. Stand up. Stand up. We've got to say these words. Very important words to our God, what we believe. Isaiah, Isaiah 50 verse 4. And now please repeat with me. A minute from your heart. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear. And I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. If you read in the gospel, Jesus kept asking the the Jews and the Pharisees, why is it that you can't hear what I'm saying? Why is it if you are of God, you will listen to what I'm saying. You hear what I'm saying. But because you are not of God, you can't understand what I'm saying. It takes God opening your ears to hear him. And that's why we uh, say that scripture, uh, make our confession, a declaration of faith, that we believe God has opened our our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Amen. Want to continue with the message? Blind eyes can now see. And this is drawn out of uh, John chapter nine, where Jesus healed the man that was born blind. And the disciples asked, "Who sinned that this man was born blind?" Jesus said, "Nobody sinned, not the Father, not this guy, but that the works of God might be made manifest." And he says, I must walk the walk of him who sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can walk. And in verse 6, he says, and when he has said these things, after Jesus said, I must walk the walks of him that sent me. When he has said this thing, he spat on the ground and made clay with the, uh, the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated Sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. I believe, like I said last Sunday, that this was an unusual type of blindness. And I said, there is no way you can see a man who is blind and know that he was born blind. There's no way to see somebody who is sitting by the wayside begging and know unless you are from the family and somebody has told you that this person was born blind, there is no way of knowing that. But there was something about this man's blindness that got the apostles' attention. The disciples, what's going on here? There was something different about this blindness. And so they wanted to know who, who sinned. Why is this blindness so different from the rest that we've seen? They've seen Jesus heal the blind before. And they've seen so many blind people. But this blind man was a different case. He was born blind. And I believe that this man was born without eyes. So you know he was born blind. And we've had that happen before. We've seen that in this part of the world before. Where the eyes were just thick skin. But notice Jesus anointed his eyes. And sent him to the pool called Saint. And then he washed. Notice what Jesus said to him. Go wash in the pool. Until you are anointed by the Spirit of God. And you soak yourself in the Word of God. You will not come see. 
There's a lot of people who just want to receive a miracle. But there's, there's a process to this. There's got to be the anointing of God. And Jesus demonstrated in this case how God created by making clay. He spat on the ground, made the clay. I'm going to show you how God did it in the beginning. But then he sent this man to soak himself, to wash himself in this pool called Saint. I'm saying this to say this. You have a part in your miracle. You have a part in your miracle. God will not do anything outside your life. God doesn't force himself on anyone. Until you go to him and give him permission, he's not coming there. Many of us haven't asked permission, uh, God, giving God's permission to come into our home. And some of us, we have given God permission to come into some area of our life. And then we tell him, well, but this room here, uh, you can't go there. And we suffer. Because until you participate with God, you have no miracle. This man had to do something for him to be healed. Jesus anointed his eyes and said, now you go. Many times I hear people say, if you got the gift of healing, why don't you go to the hospital and heal everybody in the hospital? But Jesus never did that. Jesus only healed those who came to him. Only those who came to him. And many times he never actually went to anyone. And every time he went to somebody, he made them do something. You got to participate in your miracle. When Jesus multiplied the bread, he said, what do you have? They told him what they had. When the blind men, those two blind men, or one of them saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus was clear. What do you want? You got to let me know you have to participate in your miracle. It's not all from God. You have a part. What do you want from me? When Jesus met the man in John chapter 5 at the pool of Salem, he asked him, do you want to be made well? Do you want it? If you don't want it, I'll leave you here. But if you want it, you can have your miracle. The man started making, well, I don't have anybody to put me here. I really want to be healed, but you know, I don't have... Jesus said, well now, do something about it. Take your bed, take your mat, and walk. If the man had said, well, I've been sitting here. I need... Can you tell the angel to stir the pool again so I can get in there? Uh, He'll be sitting right there. He listened to what Jesus said and he did it. There was a man that had a withered hand. Jesus looked at him and said, stretch out your hand. He didn't say, uh, uh, sir, I've never done that before. I mean, everybody here knows my hand is withered. I can't do that. But he stretched out his hand. You give God the natural and God puts the super and you have a supernatural act. Something will happen supernaturally. But if you don't give God the natural, God has, He's not going to put the super on your natural so you can have the supernatural. Many times we are wanting God to do all of it. But God is wanting you to do something about it. 
The woman who had the issue of blood said to herself, but it didn't stop there. She went and she was looking and struggling hard to get to Jesus. You have a role to play in your miracle. You can't be saying, God bless me, bless me, bless me. And you're crying out for blessing. But what God says for you to do to have your blessing, you won't do it. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hack in the, the fats of ram. So we need to obey God. If he says, go to church, that's where to go. You want to grow as a Christian? Go to church. That's where you can grow. You really want to grow and you're staying at home? It's a clear indication you don't want to grow. And he knows it. Read your Bible. You don't want to do that? Good. A simple thing. Go to the pool and wash. Simple. The man could have rationalized, I've been in that pool before, why is this going to be different? Listen, do what God says, even if it doesn't make sense to you, just obey. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want strong faith? Study the word. Listen to the word. Do something about your situation. Cry out and God will begin to unveil these things to you. But if you sit still and say, well, I've given it all to the Lord. And God says, I don't want your problems. You have your problem. You give it to God because you are expecting something from God. And God wants you to add, do something. I said, I believe that Jesus could have pulled bread from heaven, but he would never do that. He'll never do that. In one, one uh, instance uh, that, that really let me know about how Jesus, you know, operates. When he went to heal that little girl and that was dead. Notice what he did? He drove everybody away, right? I'm sure the parents saw everybody crying and all of that. And I'm sure they were really disturbed. (laughs) Is this going to work? He threw everybody away. He only picked the disciples that knew the master. But guess what? He had the parents standing right there. Because they have to be a part of the, the miracle. They have to be a part of the miracle. He doesn't do anything apart from you. Now, I'm going to talk, I'm going to share with you a story from the Old Testament just to drive this point, you know, home for us to understand how God is. If God's calling you to do something, you may not feel like you can do it. But once you step out, He steps out with you. But if you, you stay put and you're wondering, that's what you'll be doing. Wondering. You're not going nowhere. There's got to be something that you can do. God will always make sure there is something that you have, there is something that you can do if you really want a miracle. You can do that. There's a story from uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, from verse 1 through 6, and uh, that part, what you hear is, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house. And I want to stay with this story just to drive on my point this morning. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant, that's talking about her husband, feared the Lord. 
And the creditors, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Say that again, empty vessels. Borrow vessels from everywhere, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few, gather as many. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her, Son, bring, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. The oil ceased. A certain woman, wife of one of the sons of the prophet. Meaning in the Old Testament, when you hear the term son of the prophet, what they're actually saying, the guy was a prophet. Came crying out to Elisha. It's an amazing, he was an amazing man because Elisha knew this man. He was a man of God and he feared God. But he was in debt. He was in debt. Elisha was not in debt. Now they were coming to take his children. The fellow, the, the creditor thought, he's going to pay. He's going to pay. But he wasn't paying. He's going to pay someday. And then he died. And he says, oh, no one is going to pay. I'm going to get his sons. You can be a man of God and still be in debt. And that's happening today in the church. They've put too much in their credit card. Charging, charging, charging. Somebody's got to pay. You can be a man of God and be in debt. He was a man. He feared God. We have to be careful. Just because you are a man of God, it's not going to stop the creditor. They're coming after what they call repossess. You know what I mean? We have to be careful. You can't spend what you don't have. And you have to have the potential to know I can have this because I have the ability to do this. Or I can trust God or do whatever God says to do so that you can get away from it. You can't keep doing something and you're already in debt. Instead of holding back and planning ways, you keep doing the same thing. How is that going to change? But you're crying out to God, help me. Well, you're a man of God, but you're not living right in this area, and your sons will pay for it. Just because you're a man of God is not going to excuse you. He cried out to the man of God. You can borrow, and keep borrowing, 
until it's so much, she just don't know how to pay. Let me tell you this. The creditor doesn't forget. He'll never forget. He can forgive, but he's not forgotten. And you who is owing, you can't forget either. You know. It's just the truth. We're suffering in America today because people are living outside their means. You got to pay attention. God will bless you. But don't despise the days of small beginnings. Just because this guy has a Cadillac don't mean you have to buy one the next day. Buy a Pinto for a while. And then you can get to the Cadillac afterwards when God begins to bless you. Amen. You need your Pinto to get to work. And then you start that way and then you... Hello? Say he buys his sons and his children good clothes. So, uh, but those clothes, they say 400 a piece. Uh, what did you say? $400 a piece. Uh, I'll go to Walmart. That's the way to do it. But if you are faithful to God, a time will come when you can do exactly the same thing. But God demands faithfulness. This man was a man of God, but he was not faithful to God in this one area. God didn't hold him to it. He went to heaven and left his wife and his children in a lot of trouble. That's not a good thing to do. But thank God he left a woman of God that feared God. And uh, she went to a servant of God looking for a miracle. Sometimes, be very frank with you. You know, Elisha had access to the king. He was the greatest prophet in the land. Elisha could have called the king. Hey, hey, buddy, uh, I got a lady here. I don't know why she went to him, but she was looking for a miracle. Sometimes we look to man, and that's where we missed it. We miss it when we're looking to man. Elisha could have called the king and to take care of this. He didn't do it that way. He waited for God. He asked the woman, what do you have in your house? What does that mean? In your life, your house, no matter what problem you have, the solution, the small part of it, the natural, is already in you. God's already made sure you have it. Even if it's a jar of oil. No matter what the problem a Christian has, no matter what you're going through, if you really are going after God, God in His providence, He already knows what's going to happen and He has that oil we reserved there for your deliverance. You have it. What do you have in your house? In the problem, whatever you're going through right now, what is it in your life that you have that God can take, bless and multiply and give it right back to you to solve all your problems so that your life is transformed? What do you have in your house? You notice what this woman had? Oil. I keep saying how important oil is to God. 
she had just a jar of oil. Oil represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. Hello? No matter what you, what, what you are going through, if you have oil in your life, you are going to be free. Nobody's going to take your sons. All you need in your life is the oil. You remember the parable of ten virgins? Some of them didn't have oil left. Oil is so important to God. When we talk about crying out to God and receiving from God the power of the Holy Spirit, because if you have the Spirit of God, the Bible says, He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him freely for us all, He delivered Him for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? But if you don't have the anointing, you don't have the all, you are going to be in debt to the enemy. And it's coming to take your life and your children's life. We need oil. Many times I talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit and a lot of people, well, we don't need that. I'm a Christian. But I tell you what, the devil doesn't care about how many times you go to church. He cares about the anointing that you carry. And I tell you what, if you really go after God and God pours an anointing upon your life, He stays with you for life. Somebody asked me, he said, uh, Pastor Goodluck, is it every time you go out you see healing? I said, yeah. I don't see healing every time because my mind is not, I'm trying to teach in the church here. But whenever I'm out to preach the gospel, my wife and I go out, I see people healed. I had my mind made up, they are going to be healed. I've seen Angel and I went to Lerodo the other time. We had a lot of people that got healed. Why? Because in 2000, God sent me out. I obeyed. And the first, very first service, I had a, a, a man, a young man that had been hit uh, four years ago, four years before that time with an accident and had chest pain. And God healed him. And from then on, people say, he has a healing ministry. I didn't have any healing ministry. I have the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I was obedient. I was obedient to what God called him, called me to do. So, we need that oil. She had the jar of oil. But notice what he says. He told her to go bring vessels, empty vessels, and pour into this oil. I've got to close because I don't have much time this morning. Uh, but, If you are a Christian and you have the oil, the Holy Spirit inside of you, guess your way out of trouble. Look for empty vessels. They are all around you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Let me tell you this. You can't preach God's word from your heart and be in want. It's impossible. God will take care of you. Billy Graham wasn't from a wealthy family. His giftings and his faithfulness to his giftings made him a leader in the United States. That oil. As he poured that oil into empty vessels all over the United States, from coast to coast. Not a few, but he sought them. He planned 
for them. He asked people to bring them to the stadium, you remember? And he preached to them and poured oil into them. You cannot do God's work and be in one. It may start that way, like you are in one, but God's going to take care of you. And usually, if nothing is happening in the initial stages, it's because I've come to realize this. God is waiting to see if you will be faithful to him or when things get difficult, you quit. That's what he's waiting for. But once he's satisfied, like he was satisfied with Abraham, and when God said to Abraham, now I know that you fear God, when he raised his hand up to slay Isaac, God says, now I know. And then he swore by himself, in blessing, I will bless you. So God will wait. But if you keep pouring oil into people's lives, I mean, I'm not talking about as many times we want to do charitable work, just giving money. No, the gospel. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Bring them, inviting them to church, sharing with them the gospel, pouring oil from God into their lives, flowing through you. When you do that, God will work with you. He says, and they left to preach the gospel. The Lord walking with them and confirming the words that they spoke with, you know, signs following. So when I go out to preach, it's not me. It's the Lord. I don't know, do miracles. I don't even think that way. I, I obey Him as I pour all into the lives. He shows up and He blesses them. He blesses them. All I have to do is obey. Yesterday I was on my way to Calvert and I had a call. Uh, Pastor Solomon telling me the, the telephone lines are just lining up. They, they are calling. These people are calling. They are getting saved. And uh, two people want to talk to you. They, they said they would need to talk to you personally. I said, I'm on my way to Calvert. There's no way I can call Nigeria right now. Cell phone don't work like that yet. But I'm here asleep and God's healing them back there. How can you take credit for that? It's God. But it's obeying what he says to do. We need to obey him. Don't have too much time for this message today, but I really need you to understand. When you pour the oil out, God's going to bless you. He will not allow one strand of air hair from your head to fall to the ground because he numbers them and he knows you specifically and that gives you confidence because you know God knows me he knows where I'm going very little or not powerful but I know who is with me and when you obey him he's always there for you with your family let me tell you this you become a member of a family of God. He's a member of your family. If something is happening to daddy in the home, is, there, is everybody in the home not affected? Children and all? When God is a part of your family and you're going through difficulty, guess who is experiencing the same? He is. Because you are part of his family. He can do something about it. If you call out to him, Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. We are really out of time. God is faithful.
the greatest hindrance we have is ourselves. You are your worst enemy. And one of the reasons we are our worst enemy is because we care so much about what people think. And that's where I need deliverance. What they think is important. But what does God think? That's what is more important. What they think is important. But what does God think? That's more important. When we call people to receive Christ, they are thinking, I don't want to raise my hand. I wonder what they think. What would you think when you are in hell then? Is that the time to think? This is the time to think and forget everybody. Make a decision for Christ. All heads bow this morning. If you need Jesus in your life, or you have accepted Jesus into your life, but you feel like I'm not truly walking with him, I'm not doing everything that he wants me to do, I don't feel really close to God, I want to hear God's voice. If that's you, at the count of three, please put your hand out, up and I'm going to pray for you. And God will begin to do a work. Thank you. One, two, three. Put your hand up, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for your love for me. Jesus, I love you. I've accepted you into my heart. As my Lord and Savior, do with me as you will. Give me the strength to follow after you, to follow after the light, so that I might walk in the light as you are in the light. Transform my life in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to let you know this. Sometimes we say a word of prayer. Like that, and we think, uh, I don't know if that's going to do anything. That's unbelief. If you talk to God, He hears you. He told you that He'll hear you. So if He refused to hear you, He just lied. But God doesn't lie. So I need you to leave knowing He heard me. And begin to expect something to change. That's called faith. Begin to do that. And God will come through. He is God. I have to constantly remind myself, God is a person. Amen? Just like you and I, He has feelings. I know when my children are hurting, how I feel. He's a person. And He loves you dearly. You are so special to Him, He gave His Son for your sake. No matter what you've heard this morning, I talked a little bit about death, being in debt and all of that. I'm not saying those things to discourage you. I'm telling you, you can get out of it. Hook up with God and begin to let Him formulate a plan for you. You come out of it, no doubt about it. And I pray today is the beginning of you coming out of that totally. You are going to be free from debt and you will have abundance. In Jesus' name, because he said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We're going to be receiving our abundance.